Hey guys, uh, before we begin, I just wanted to say that I have actually like a super important announcement. Um, the other day, Johnny actually reached out to me and um, yeah, he let me know he's not really into cartoons anymore or animation for that matter. So he's going to be stepping down uh, from co-hosting the podcast. Um, it's been a busy week, so... I haven't really been able to find like a substitute for the time being, so I'm actually going to be hosting this one on my own. Uh, and we're going to be finding a good replacement for Johnny. I'll let you know in like the Twitter and stuff. It's going to be good. It's going to totally work out. But that being said, actually today we do still have a special guest. Um, he's actually a Canadian boy who has always been a mega animation super fan, uh, who up until recently co-hosted a weekly cartoon-centric guest podcast. Uh, he worked on this until recently realizing he doesn't actually have a passion for animation anymore. And also that Samurai Jack is not good. <laughs> uh, welcoming in, Johnny. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I ever agree to do this fucking show? <laughs> okay, yeah, hi, it's me. Hey, I'm guest. here for the first time now, I guess. Um... So do you have, like, a movie in mind, that, or maybe even cartoon show that you wanted to talk about this week? Well, I did bring to you Hotel Transylvania in hopes of... We were trying to find something that would be a little, like, lower key and not as big of a... Uh, like, not as much room to cover as, like, if we were to just pick, you know, doing, like, a full Dexter's Lab episode or something right now where it's just us having some fun and i suggested hotel transylvania because i think these movies are like super underrated for what they are and i know that you're a big adam sandler fan and a big selena gomez fan that I am. and i was like this seems like something that we'd both already be relatively positive on yeah. and you hadn't seen this before watching it well last night preparing for this correct yeah so i've Never, and for some reason, I've just never watched Hotel Transylvania. I just kind of always assumed for some reason that it was one of those mid-tier, I don't know, like, filler animated movies. You know what I mean? Mm. So, Which I think is what it gets played off a lot as. It and does. there's certain elements to it where I can definitely see where it's like, oh yeah, it definitely falls into some of these tropes and some of these, like, pitfalls where... And I, I think a big part of that is the trailers. Because I think the trailers really heavily like if you're to watch any of the trailers for these movies they show way more of the like bad jokes mid-tier <laughs> bad jokes where it's just like oh look a monster farted instead of like yeah, well, any of the really well done character animation or like no you go no i'm sorry i was just gonna say i remember specifically the first movie's trailer had a lot like i think it had a lot to do with like there's one scene where and not to get ahead of ourselves, but the human, like, is listening to music, and then he gives the earbuds to the to uh, Dracula, and then it's, like, LMFAO playing, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And they leaned into it so heavy in the trailer, mm -hmm. I think, and I was like, this looks terrible. And that yeah, joke was it. for, like, five seconds in the movie. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah was... it's, like, the one recurring joke that I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, we didn't need this, and this, like, dates it super hard. But other than that, like, it's a extremely well animated movie that uses a lot of incredible animation principles that we don't get to see cgi movies do yeah and i think it's really special for that i'm going to i informed you a little bit beforehand there's a whole journey to this movie being made so we're going to take it right back to the start of sony pictures animation do you know what sony pictures animation's first movie was i do not in september of 2006 they put out open season oh and that, do we have opinions on open season? Not really. <laughs> no, yeah. Not many people I'll let do. You exist. Yeah. <laughs> so they go open season in September of 2006, surfs up in June of 2007. This is do weird. Do we have opinions on surfs up? It's really weird looking through That's this. That's really weird. Um, Surfs up didn't have. That's the penguin one. They're surfing. So I'm not sure the, the sequel had John it. Cena in it. Yeah, I was about to say the sequel had a bunch of like, yeah. wrestlers voice yeah, acting, for right? Yeah, for no real reason. But yeah. So these are both, like, very mid-animated movies. I think we can agree on, yeah? Yeah, like, they kind of just filled in spots mm. for me. Then we get Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Which Great. Is... Love it. 
one of yeah like that's fantastic one of, the best of that era yeah launches lord and miller who end up going on to do spider-verse coming off of clone high coming off of Everyone uh else. well yeah they're they did a bunch what, of like a ton of shit they go to lego movie after this yeah that's their like in between so they're yeah. like this launches them they have the smurfs movies like the live action ones that take place in new york with neil patrick harris i want to say sure yeah so <laughs> i haven't still watched not them good. so yeah <laughs> so their batting average is low is what i'm trying to make sure to set up here <laughs> yeah yeah then they have arthur christmas in okay. 2011 also which exists wait they arthur have pirates christmas. hold up arthur christmas that's i've never heard of that i'm looking You've at it never right heard now of i don't think i've ever seen that before yeah, you're not missing much. Okay. And then All they right, have I'm Pirates sorry, Band of Misfits, which I can stand by as a very wholesome movie. Pirates That's Band the, of Misfits. It's a um it's a stop motion one. Pirates. Oh yeah. The, okay. You yeah, see yeah, the yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah. GIF all the time of the Definitely. monkey doing that. But um tss. Yeah, so they're like not nailing it with a lot of their movies. And Hotel Transylvania comes out in twenty twelve. I want you to guess how long this movie had been in production. 2012 is when it comes out. September 28th, 2012. Um, I really love... I don't know. I, I don't want to like... What, what, do you, what do you got for me? I can't even picture. How long How long did it take? So, it's based off of a book. The, there was a comedy writer, Todd Durham. I don't offhand know. I'm like reading bits off the wiki and also just what I know. I don't exactly know what he's done. He wrote... Moby Dick. The book of the same name. Yes, he did. He did write Moby Dick. Yep. But after that, he wrote Hotel Transylvania. So he wrote this book, and then he also created the Bible to the franchise of several films. So he came in with a pitch that he was like, hey, Sony. Basically, his pitch was, you can make money off of this. Yeah. So like the production so he, Bible, or what did, what did he... Yeah, the production Bible. Oh, wow. But it cool. was not just a production Bible, like for a cartoon, where it's like, hey, here's the base idea, yeah. we can go off this. It was literally, he's like, here's where you can make several franchise movies. Here's your television series. Here's your video games. Here's your books. Here's some merchandising. Here's an actual hotel chain and a uh, theme park ride. He came in with all of that before anything was made. That's nuts. Where he's just like, this is what I want to make. That was in 2006. Uh-huh. And this movie doesn't get made for another six years and goes through six different directors. That's wild. So, so I just to... You're going to see a recurring theme, for me at least, is that this movie has zero right to be as good as it is <laughs> but yeah. go, go go on go on so it is uh from 2006 anthony stucci and david feiss were the first two connected to it and they were uh the open season guys and they eventually <laughs> did stuff on the box trolls so they're like this is sony like pulling from their already like owned group yeah. of people basically and then it goes to Jill Colton in 2008, so after two years of trying to get this movie made, they give it to another girl who was a, someone who also just more of the open season team. <laughs> According to her Wikipedia filmography, she's listed in her surfs up as special thanks. That's I don't know what that means, but it's like Bro. open season. It has director and story, Boog and Elliot's Midnight Bun Run. Don't know what that is. Oh, director and writer surfs up special thanks that's what i'm saying so, like it's so you've never i feel like it's never exciting whenever a movie that you're excited to see coming out has director changes mm. so and when it has six of them sign. over the course of six years and then also like people that are in the running created spin-offs to open season it's just not looking yeah. too hot for that movie yeah, literally one of the directors here, because, like, on the Wikipedia, all of them are, you know, in blue, because you can click on it and go see their pages. One of the people they had to direct on here, Todd Wilderman, literally no link to it. Yeah, he was, There's just a, no... he was a janitor over at... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> they were like, we'll take anyone to get this movie made, because we want to start a franchise, and God, we have nothing. They're like, we honestly eventually... just want Adam Sandler to be in our studio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, by February 2011, they end on Gendy Tartakovsky off of samurai jack off of symbiotic titan off of uh the star wars the clone wars 2003 series so he is well-known animation director yeah. has not done a movie before and they're like all right we're gonna land on gendy in february of 2011 they announce it and by the time they announce it everyone's given up on this movie because for the past six years they've been seeing sony being like all right we're get we've got a director hotel transylvania is happening and it never amounted to anything. Everyone who was on the project left. They kept getting 
either them leaving or Sony kicking them off. And this was one of the movies that um, the Sony leaks in, was it 2014? Mm-hmm. When there was, like, the big Sony hack and they got all the, like, the emails out. Was it 2014? Appar- I don't remember. I've Somewhere around there. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, if you don't and you're listening, long story short, someone hacked Sony and got a ton of emails from inside Sony out into the world. And in a bunch of these emails, you could see, like, production notes and stuff being sent back alongside things that were much more, like, crucial and important for Sony to be like, oh, shit, we can't have this information out. (laughs) There was just, like, weird little emails where you'd go back and forth and you'd see... Apparently, Sony was doing a lot of fighting against this movie whenever it was the directors who were trying to get it made. So there was always little, like, squabbles and the whole, you know... A bunch of the stuff in here where you're like, oh man, this does date it. Like them being like, oh, well, can we have LMFAO in it? Because, like, the kids like LMFAO. That kind of stuff yeah. feels very, oh, that was Sony Animation being like, we have no faith in making a movie. <laughs> so we need to load it with shit that's going to date ourselves. I mean, to Around be fair, the time when LMFAO was, like, king. Like, those were about, oh, they to, were. They were about to be invited yeah. into being presidents of the United States. They were. Just based <laughs> off of numbers <laughs> alone, they were like, well, we gotta... Yeah yeah like they were huge but also like around this time like pixar's putting out wally yeah pixar's putting out ratatouille you don't remember the like their <laughs> lmfao song that was in wally yeah you don't remember that kesha three minute dance sequence at the uh. end of ratatouille yeah like <laughs> so this movie's whole production super weird but they end up on gendy tartakovsky and why i picked this movie is because he takes all of these 2D principles of, like, a lot more squash and stretch and, and his, all of the things that make 2D animation very unique and apply it to 3D. Because Pixar is, like, the king of 3D animation, obviously. Mm-hmm. But their whole thing is that a lot of them are pretty stiff and they don't, like, bend a lot. Which makes sense when you look at, like, that's the first Toy Story they make Toy Story and they're like, well, we're going to do a CG movie about toys because at this point all CG can do is make it look like plastic. Which is why if you look at, like, the humans or the dog in the original Toy Story, it's they're like... terrifying. Yeah, monstrous plastic-looking creatures. So we end up... That just kind of carries throughout CG and that's... Like, there are certain movies where, like, the character designs you get a lot more out of it. Like, Incredibles has super strong character design... Like, Finding Nemo looks gorgeous. But a lot of these movies don't animate super creatively, if that makes sense. The physical way that the things move. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I think, um, before, like, since 3D animation is still kind of relatively new, um, I think before they started to get stylistic choices to doing, like, human animation, I feel like Mm -hmm. they first, like, started you know what i mean like they started it tried to make it look not terrifying and then Mm -hmm. now we start seeing like different uh like it's starting to get more creative but it's still the big thing with cg is always how realistic can we make it and like at the time of recording this uh toy story 4 is like two months out and any promotional image or any trailers for that you are looking at those models and it's insane they look so de- like you can see all of the little like tiny bits of like chipped paint and like it looks terrifyingly realistic to a point where I'm like I cannot believe that someone created this and made it like move in this environment. Yeah. But also I know Toy Story 4 they're all going to move like the real world like everything that those toys do you could do with a real toy. Yeah. And it like works well in those movies like in all these trailers that uh with the Canadian motorcycle dude that's played by keanu reeves in this one where he's the his whole thing is that he's like one of the poseable action figures where he's got like 16 joints or whatever Mm -hmm. so he only moves by those joints and they have a lot of fun with moving him by those joints but at no point in that movie are they gonna have him like be scared and then he's gonna stretch like twice his size and then like snap back down which they do a lot in this movie and that brings us to why i think well we can just start from the beginning Right? Yes? Okay. Are we good there? This sure. is like the... We've kind of covered the production I'm down. of it. All right. In the beginning, Adam Sandler was born. Yes. And that man was perfect. More or less. And as he, <laughs> as he grew up, he remained perfect. 
And then he looked to the perfect grill. What? Selena Gomez. Okay. And said, Selena, when they started production on this movie, you were just hitting puberty. (laughs) But now, I think you're old enough to be a voice actor and um, take the animation world by surprise. Gonna interject there with something, actually? Yes. Not what they originally planned. It was supposed (laughs) to be Miley Cyrus. Really? Yeah. It was supposed to be Miley Cyrus, and... She was originally cast as Mavis, like, announced cast as Mavis. She withdrew to focus on other projects, so she was replaced by Selena Gomez. Those other projects was her reinvigorating her music career. (laughs) So she was like, well, it's Hotel Transylvania or Wrecking Ball, I guess. Yeah. And then she went, made that whole album. But during all of that, she decided she drops out of Hotel Transylvania. They bring in Selena Gomez instead. And, uh... Do you like the Do you like Selena Gomez, or would you prefer seeing a wrecking I think ball this stylized? Is, I think this is probably the better version. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. And not just she probably Selena gets Gomez more of that. Like, human being. <laughs> well, yeah, that's valid. But I think that Mavis like really shines in this movie. She's a super likable character, and she's very fun the whole time. And I think that uh, the voice acting does help that. Like she has that very like wholesome good intentioned person the whole time and i feel like miley's delivery probably would have been different for a lot of this and i don't know if you would have gotten as much (laughs) i'm a vampire (laughs) y'all blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um so i think that (laughs) jesus christ what a dumb show we do (laughs) but yeah i think that that decision panned out super well for them, and uh, it does. You were kind of on a right track there, though, with Adam Sandler just being like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring in my team of people for this movie because yeah. that is most of the cast of this movie is his his whole gang of hooligans that he makes all his movies with." Can I make a little like, hot take? Yeah, sure. Similar to the likes of almost every other San- Adam Sandler movie, mm-hmm. I really don't think this movie would be half as good as it is with Adam Sandler in it. I think... You mean I, without Adam Sandler? I'm, yeah, like, it wouldn't be as good if it didn't yeah. have Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think he does such a good job. I don't well, know. Well, they actually... Um, apparently, the original design of Dracula changed when they heard how adam sandler does his dracula really like they decided to make it a much more um well animated i think that's it works so well for this movie because he's such an over-the-top animated dracula that it his design they decided to make him play much bigger so he's got like the big broad shoulders and the big long face that they can contort as much as they want whenever they're having him react to different things and he'll get scared of something and he'll like crunch down and he'll get like angry and he'll like grow twice as tall and he gets those big the shoulders get a little bit wider and turned and there's a lot of really good they he's like putty they just like warp him as much as they can and it totally works with the voice for a lot of that keep in mind this is when he's on a hot streak you know what i mean like year before he just released jack and jill like he was ready to slam dunk after slam dunk Well, they have kind of on that chain, there was like a bit of an era where Adam Sandler was trying to bring Andy Samberg into the light. Yeah. And that's why Andy Samberg is um, Jonathan throughout this movie is because he did, what was the movie that they did together before this? That's my boy. I think, was it before this? Was it before this? I thought it was. Okay. So yeah, around this era. Yeah. He's doing movies where he's like, I want Andy Samberg to be the billing beside Adam Sandler so we yeah. can like pull this kid up. Alongside there, we have um, Kevin James as Frankenstein. Beautiful. Yeah, really good. Uh, Steve Buscemi as Wayne the Werewolf. Again. Really good. Very good. Uh, Molly Shannon as Wanda, who is the werewolf's wife. Okay. I'm like 90% sure. David Spade as Griffin the Invisible Man. Real Again, good. Fantastic. Real real good. 
Um, John Lovitz as Quasimodo. I think that was a good... I, I, I liked that. I like Quasimodo. He's yeah. ridiculously animated. Every time he's in a scene, they have him snap around. He's so gross, but it works yeah, so well. it's so good. Um, and then for this movie, they have Murray the Mummy as CeeLo Green, which is a weird choice. Um, not really. Partially because... I don't think it's like... That's not... Like, Adam Sandler's not rolling with CeeLo Green. No. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? think it was because... Well, originally they wanted to have um, the mummy be a bigger part of... They wanted a big dance number again at the end, where it would be the mummy, and then the mummy had kids that would also... They wanted to have a big song, so they were like, oh, we'll get CeeLo Green, because he'll write some pop song that can be oh. all over the place for September of 2012, was their goal, but... I assume that was one of the things where Gendy was like, we don't need another dance number. And then they cut it. <laughs> so They literally had one right at the end, right? Yeah, they did. But the intention was to have, like, I think instead of it just be the one song, it would be another one also sung by CeeLo Green. But after this movie, um, they replace him with... Um, oh, man, where is it? I have it written down. Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, yeah, right? Really? That makes sense. I think I, that's so a I, really good... I've never... I've uh, only watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, this one. Dude, I think that's like a... That might be a better fit. And I haven't even it watched the rest is. of them. Yeah. yeah, I've watched two. I plan on watching three very soon now. Because after watching this first one, I'm just like reminded of how much I like them. And I think it's on like... Crave, I want to say. Which is a canadian streaming service i don't know where it is for you guys but point is i have access to it so i will be watching that soon and i think that keegan michael key is a really good fit for this character who is the one kind of weird one in this movie like i feel like they all kind of have paved out the like bits for all the characters it's a bit heavy movie yeah very bit like heavy. in a in a good way but i, I like it a lot because a lot of them are very funny but um the the mummy's the one that's kind of weird. His whole thing is just that like, he sings. I guess. I guess. He, he's he's right? a dance. Like, he's a big jolly we're... dancing guy. Um. They kind of try to play up a little bit at the start that he's like, like a ladies' man ish, and then he gets like embarrassed by Frankenstein, because he's like kind of hitting on the one mummy woman that like I don't even think has any dialogue. Yeah, I guess his his whole thing is that he um, likes girls i guess likes mummy girls which yeah i guess that's about right but like let's talk about some of the better bits in particular um wayne my favorite steve buscemi's werewolf where they could have done literally anything for the werewolf but what they decided on was just he's gonna be a overworked dad for the whole movie <laughs> <And> it, like, <laughs> it's so good they play it out so well I mm-hmm. thought I thought you were gonna say a different one as your favorite. So that's funny. Oh no! Is what was the one you were thinking of? <laughs> I, I just assumed that you were gonna say Frankenstein's. It's just Frankenstein's so, is very good. It was really good. He just like, not like just no no BS is absolutely just not gonna look at fire. <laughs> and it's yeah. Like, no <laughs> <Really> fire bad. <laughs> and that's yeah. just it. But like yeah, seeing um... Frankenstein look at somebody and not say I don't like fire or not say fire is bad. He says, fire bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to me every time it happens. Because it's so nonchalant. It's so just like tossed on there on top. It's like on top of whatever else. He's having full conversations with people. Someone will bring up fire and he'll be like, no, yeah, fire bad. Yeah, it's, like, like, <laughs> it's not like a punchline or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I love it. It's so weird. And this movie does so many fantastic little uh horror movie things throughout it not where it's like totally riffing on the genre and making great jokes out of that and having as much visual humor as they can pack into everything mm-hmm. or like even with bits of the dialogue like um oh i don't remember the exact phrase but there's some sort of instead of saying like oh my god or oh my gosh or whatever mavis says like holy rabies or whatever yeah which, fun little fact with this, September 28th is National Rabies Day, so they released the movie on National Rabies Day in 2012. That's obnoxious. Yeah, I yeah, it is. <laughs> um, can but, I um, say something? Mm-hmm. Not to stir off too quick, but I was just looking at like the IMDb of Hotel Transylvania and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
they made so much money off of this. Yeah. I thought it was super under the radar. I didn't know. Like, I couldn't tell you who's watched it, but it has, like, it made almost 500 million at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it made enough to warrant two sequels and a spin off TV show. That's so far. Nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And I feel like this isn't, isn't talked about, but yeah, it's like, like a franchise maker. That really is like, it's, I mean, obviously it's a franchise, but like, and not only that, but each movie made more money than the last is what I'm now mm-hmm. seeing. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know if they've announced it or not, but I would not be surprised to see if we get a fourth installment in this already. It like, went three hundred and fifty million for the first one. Mm-hmm. Very respectable. Yeah. Like four hundred and seventy three million for the second one. Which like we're in Pixar territory now. Mm-hmm. And the third one, five hundred and thirty million. <laughs> All of which yeah. having a budget around eighty million. I think it's we don't see it as much because it's not a big critical thing. Like people don't rave about these movies much. They don't really get. Did it even get? It didn't even. I don't think it even got an Oscar nomination for animated feature. Um, I don't think so. Looking looking on their Wikipedia, it had at the Annies. It was. Nominated for Best Animated Feature, Character Design in an Animated Feature, Directing in an Animated Feature, Music in an Animated Feature, Production Design, <laughs> Voice Acting, and Editorial in an Animated Feature. Did it win any? Didn't, didn't win any of them. Not even uh, Voice Acting? Golden Globes won Best Animated... Sorry, not won. Nominated Best Animated Feature Film, Visual Effects Society, Outstanding Animation in an Animated Feature Motion Picture outstanding animated character in an animated feature uh still nominated didn't win Uh, as far as i can tell the only award that it's won favorite voice from an animated movie adam sandler kids choice awards 2012 got the win so the only one that matters but uh oh my gosh the only one that actually matters i'm Mm -hmm. glad you saved the, the best for last i'd also like to point out we as a community as a cartoon-centric weekly podcast and listeners should gather mm-hmm. around, right, and absolutely call out everybody for not letting this win an award, and maybe we can retroactively get it an award. You know what I mean? It, Yeah, it deserves one. Um, I'm trying to find the 2012... While you're doing that... Okay, okay. This isn't even too bad of a lineup. Of movies. This deserves to be nominated at least, but 2012 Oscars. Uh, Wreck It Ralph. Nope. Pirates, Band of Misfits, nope. Paranorman, Frankenweenie, and Brave were the nominees. Brave won it. Oh my god. For gosh. Best Animated Feature. Yeah, right? Okay, I like Brave a lot, but like, out of all the years, guys, this was like your time. This was your chance yeah, this when is the Pixar one where they put out Brave. <laughs> this was yeah. your chance to swoop in and take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Maybe the, the year Paranorman couldn't get it. Pirates Band of Misfits couldn't get it. Wreck It uh, Ralph couldn't get it. Frank and Weenie couldn't get it. That's... Brave did. I think Hotel Transylvania probably could have had a shot, if anything, just for how gorgeous this movie is. I mean, like, Paranorman's pretty great. <laughs> Paranorman's really good. Paranorman, out of all of those, Paranorman deserves the win. Yeah. I'm saying um, Hotel if... Transylvania could have at least gotten nominated. I see what you're saying. Since Paranorman doesn't have adam sandler we'd still give the well yeah out of respect yeah okay i was making sure <laughs> or at least just slime adam sandler i don't even care if this is the kid's choice at the that. oscars <laughs> yeah. i want i want adam sandler to walk up for an award at the oscars and still just get green slime poured all over him but it's not even like it's not a it's not the studio that set it up it's just, like, Kevin James and the rest of his team all just, like, hid, like, metal buckets of slime under their chairs. Yeah. And when he got called up with them, they were all up standing behind, but, like, suspiciously with their hands behind their backs. Oh, and then man. as he's accepting it, they all just... Yeah. I'll, I'll they hand all just slime them. anybody... I'm sure, like, everybody that goes to the Oscars is now listening to this. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's willing, I'll give you 40 bucks cold hard cash if you run up whenever Adam Sandler gets an award next and just dump slime all over him i'm not super liquid right now but i'll give you 20 
So there, there's your <laughs> offer. $60 to slime Adam Sandler for us on national television. That's 20 Canadian dollars and 40 US dollars, by the way. So that's like 15 US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, our dollar is not better. That doesn't help. <laughs> um, what is there? What specifically have we not really talked about yet? I feel well, like... Well, the plot. Yeah, so the or entire... Or anything that just, happens Or in the just movie. the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's get the ball rolling. I'll just give like a little brief, little what the movie's about. I won't. I guess I won't spoil it because I think I know it did well in the box office. I'm assuming that's all very small kids. You know what I mean? That's so the thing gonna... is, I feel like this was a big. Oh, we'll take the family to see it, and then yeah. a bunch of people just kind of like pushed it off as like, oh, it's a kids movie. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I really don't think I know anybody that watched this movie. So, I here's was probably me telling the one. you, watch it. Anyways. Yeah, if- if you haven't at this point, do, because I do, th- we should, like, run over the whole movie, because there's yeah. gonna be a bunch of, like, little bits and stuff that I'm gonna remember as we're running over, like, the plot of it, I think, <laughs> for most of the discussion. It feels like, anyway, let's just get into it. So, basically, mm-hmm. Dracula has a daughter, he's overprotective of her, mm-hmm. uh, he also hates humans because of something that happened in his past. We don't know at the start, which I think is a good way to do it. I yeah. like that they didn't they didn't do the, like, how Finding Nemo immediately starts off the movie with, like, death, tragedy. Like, yeah. They I, hold it off. Not, also, not even that, well but we don't even you. know that that's the reason he hates humans. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know that he hates humans because of something terrible that happened. We just know that something terrible has happened and he also hates humans. Or at least we get the implication that it's like, oh, well, he's Dracula. It makes sense that Dracula would not like humans because, like, you know, Dracula's Um, been a book for a couple hundred years. The first movie was in, like, the 30s. Like, it's... They're all cultural icons enough that you get what they're about before going into the movie. Precisely. Um... (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, then they fast-forward... His daughter is now 118 years old, which I'm assuming equates to 18 years old. Yeah, that's their whole implication on it. Yeah, it's just a good vampire joke. Yeah, and they nod. She's like, I'm not 86 years old anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Anyway, um... So his whole thing is that he's built a hotel. Oh, yeah. For monsters to come to so that they can be safe of humans. So that they can all just go there and... I don't really understand... They don't try at all to make it clear how any of it works or where the, like, monsters are coming from and why they don't just live there in general. And it's not like... Like, it's very much just like, oh, it's just like this is our MacGuffin to be able to say, like, oh, well, all the monsters are in one place living together away from humans so that, like, when a human shows up, it's all the monsters instead of just, like, Dracula's castle. Exactly. But they do have good setups there where it's, um... Is it the zombies that build... Whatever creatures it is that build the uh, the hotel. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is that build the hotel. When he's like explaining it, he's like, "Oh, don't set any bonfires, no fireworks," because he doesn't want. That's their way of like getting it to not be seen, and their whole setup for why no human would ever go there is because it's like surrounded by haunted woods, and there's like graveyards to the east of it, and the graveyards are full of zombies. So any human that would try to come close would be like scared off. I thought that was a good little, like, fun piece of world building for why it's like, oh, well, how hasn't a human just randomly shown up there? And it's like, oh, well, we, like, kind of put security out. Yeah. Security in the form of intimidation. Yeah, exactly. And also the entrance. Fun little. Like, closes off. Like, it's like an underground yeah. entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, that, thank you, because I, for some reason, was explaining the movie and didn't mention the hotel. That's <laughs> in Transylvania, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to co- but to continue, um, the daughter is now 118, which is basically 18, and she feels like she is old enough to explore and, like, maybe just leave the hotel because she has developed an interest in like human life, basically, mm-hmm. or just an interest in like what might lie outside of the gates that she's lived inside of. Yeah. It's very similar. And this is... It feel it felt like the same setup as like something like Rapunzel. Yeah, you know what I mean? totally. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, it's a little less of a. Uh, I don't know if nihilistic is the right term, but nihilistic Rapunzel, where it's like instead of it being, 
Oh, you're physically trapped here because the... Eh? The old woman from Rapunzel, don't remember her relation to Rapunzel, but point is, where she's like, you literally can't leave. This is Dracula just being afraid for his daughter and being an overprotective dad. Exactly. So it's... I like that they have the device of all of the reasons that Mavis goes out and does all of these things is because of Dracula, but not in a, like, oh, I'm mad at my dad way. It's because, like, she found the postcard from Hawaii, and then, like, his downfall is because he tries to keep her too sheltered in the end. Which, that's jumping ahead a little bit, but point is, oh, yeah. he says to her that, yeah, you can go out and explore. There's a human... I won't let you go to a huge city, but you can go to this human village that's just beyond the woods. You know not too far away from the castle but then you can experience what human life is exactly and she goes to this village and it's all these humans that are like trying to attack her and there's a great reveal when you slowly start to realize that it's actually just all zombies who are the workers of the hotel uh dressed up as humans pretending to attack her and the zombies are such good comedic relief every time I love the, like, the little bits of, like, where one of their heads will fall off and they'll just kind of have to deal with it, or one of them gets, like, really angry and tries to swing a pitchfork and, like, stabs another one in the side of the head. It's all just good little bits of, uh, the whole point is just to get Mavis to go back home and say, like, oh, I don't want to actually be around humans, they're all evil because Dracula, like, built a fake town. But then he ends up, all the zombies through some sort of Rube Goldberg-esque machine of them messing up light all of themselves on fire and then start going to walk back towards the hotel and while they're on fire it attracts the attention of johnny who is uh andy samberg just weird little backpacker post-college like he's like a he's one of those like ooh, like you're only blah 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 once. You better live it up. You know what I mean? Like one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. Goes to all the guy the that festivals. instead of yeah he goes to music festivals. He's big into EDM. Instead of going to college, he's like I'm gonna take a year off and explore the world, and then that's his whole thing. Exactly. And it's he ends up going to the hotel, and the whole setup of the movie is basically there's a human in the hotel now, and Dracula has to deal with that, and that Mavis, his daughter, and the human fall in love and it's him having to at first he just wants to get rid of johnny and like get him out of the hotel as fast as possible while also hiding from all the other monsters that there's a human in the hotel because the monsters don't know that um humans aren't evil anymore because it's dracula is the only one who's been telling them that to like reinforce that they should all be afraid so there's a lot of like it's from that point on just kind of becomes it all takes place within the one location which i like i like that it's not like too big in scale of a movie like it's all within the hotel until like right at the end when they go into the town and like face humanity i i think it's kind of like oh man do we like just i don't know spoiler warning i guess but we can talk about that dude it's like it doesn't matter. Seven years old. Um, <laughs> I think it's almost... I don't know. It's funny to me that I was trying to like check through my brain to make sure this is actually true. But the entire thing is how... Uh, what's the daughter's name again? I'm blanking. Mavis. Mavis. Mavis doesn't... I mean, she just wants to get out of the house, basically. Mm-hmm. And like this human is kind of everything she wants to become. And in that, they end up falling in love. Mm-hmm. And... By the end of the movie, his the dad fi- Dracula finally accepts that uh, you know sometimes he has to just let her go do her own thing. But they never <laughs> the entire movie she never gets to leave the house even up until the end, right? Technically, yes, but that's the <laughs> whole the whole sequels are that because the end of this movie is the. I get that they're it's allowed to be in love and humans are yeah it is a little funny that that <laughs> if they weren't if this movie didn't make 500 million dollars or whatever that it probably would have included it would have just ended with like yep you're free to leave the house and then they never do 
I just thought it was interesting. But yeah, that's like more or less the setup. And I don't think we need to run through. I wouldn't be able to specifically run through most of the rest of the movie because it's all just... There's a lot of plot points. There's a lot of... There feels like there's a lot of places where I'm like, am I getting to the climax now? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that might be why it didn't... It got... It's weird pacing. I wouldn't say it's bad pacing. But yeah. It isn't like just like a cut and dry three arc structure, is it? To, um, to me, I couldn't tell you it. I don't think that it's that it doesn't have like the three arc structure as much as it's there's a lot of times where they just kind of have scenes in there because it's like oh well we can get like good jokes out of this and those scenes work and I think it's like funny but it's they definitely could have like because it's not that it's long even like these movies are only like 90 minutes long or something like a hundred and it doesn't feel like it drags on it's just very uh well bit heavy kind of where it's like they didn't really have to like that whole scene where they're in the sauna there's multiple points where it feels like like there are multiple points where it feels like a climax let me try to think there's when the dad finally accepts him but like like it, it there's almost a point where dracula and jonathan right yeah jonathan like understand each other more Mm-hmm. whenever he confesses that his wife died from humans and stuff like that and then that kind of feels like a climax and then the whole kiss scene happens which starts up like a whole nother plot point it do well you... i think no. it would have been easy for them to be like oh well we'll climax the movie with dracula being like all right i accept the two of you being together or whatever but they like do at least acknowledge the fact that they're like, well, there's still this full hotel full of monsters that all think humans are evil. So they have to wrap that up and then they go out into the real world and figure out that, like, humans actually love monsters now. And there's a lot of good little bits of, like, uh, Frankenstein out in the real world. And they're like, oh my god, your Frankenstein looks so real. Or, like, Dracula yeah talking to the guy and he's like oh man your dracula impression's so good i guess there's just a lot of points in time where it feels like it's like a a realization like a scene that was literally just created to have a character have like a big realization mm-hmm. like it's like uh jonathan and dracula realize maybe each other aren't so terrible they understand each other's motives blah 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 then uh dracula realizes how his daughter's in love and that he should stop babying her. Then, uh, Dracula and the gang realize that humans aren't necessarily terrible people. But I guess maybe because it's broken up into multiple scenes that it feels so, like, gray to me. Mm-hmm. On, like... I don't know. A little bit strange, but I don't think that takes away from it. Because no, that's I think what I'm saying. I don't think it's, like, the... a bad thing. Well, you're in the it's... movie, it's just so, like, fun, and there's yeah. so many weird little things with it. For sure. That I think it makes up for any of those... Where it feels kind of odd watching through it. Yeah, just to clear, like, like again, just to clarify, I don't think it's bad. I'm just saying it's weird that it doesn't have. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like a straight up three arc structure to me. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just kind of <laughs> want to talk about now some of the weird little. I couldn't figure out a way to fit it in, but the weird little Halloween slash horror versions of normal things that they play with in this movie a lot. The one that had me losing my mind was the uh the wake up call well, how it's all of the telephones are skeleton they're like skeleton head like it's oh a skull my gosh. and then it's the bone for like the telephone but the wake up call is just that the skull starts screaming at the top <laughs> of its lungs <laughs> and they show it with um it's uh what's his name Wayne the wolf is lying in bed and cuz he just has a seemingly endless amount of children they're all just like finally settling down to go to sleep and he's like finally ready to kind of sleep and you see his eyes are like bloodshot and then all of a sudden the skull <laughs> on his bedside table just starts screeching at him that's so funny dude. and then when he picks up the phone being like i didn't call for a wake-up call who did this and the skull is like oh well dracula said that everyone gets a wake-up call so they can be ready for mavis's birthday and then he's like oh slams it back down and then like two se- it holds for like a couple seconds and then just starts yelling again and he's like how the hell do i snooze this thing like losing his but just still playing the 
just overworked dad for the whole movie. And then the skull, like, stops yelling for a second to be like, you can't snooze me, and then just goes back to yelling. That's so funny. Super weird. Like, also, just the skulls were so funny. Like, the ones that were attached to the doors, and Dracula's just walking down the hall, and they were all, like, (laughs) like, what did they say? Like... It's the do not disturb sign on the hotel door. Yeah, but do they actually but instead just of it say being do a not do not disturb. disturb sign? Yeah, it's instead of it just being a do not disturb sign, he's walking down the hallway and all these shrunken heads are going, do not disturb, do not disturb, do not disturb. Like the whole. <laughs> They're like, clean up this room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is he walks by the one and then it's like the maid who is like the witch is like walking down with like the cart of the, like the, like the cleaning cart, like in a normal hotel. And then one of the heads, the heads just goes, Yo, maid, clean up this room. <laughs> like, it's so classic to me. I think, mm. I guess I didn't even realize, whenever I first started talking to you when we were first starting this episode, I didn't realize, like, don't get me wrong, I loved the bits and I laughed hysterically at all of them pretty much, but I didn't realize that that's really what made this special. But I really think, mm-hmm. now that I'm like, looking back at it and analyzing the movie i have to agree that that's probably one of the strong suits for this this whole thing is it and i think like is that apparent in the second movie also i think yeah that's a consistent throughout the whole thing and i think that's because of the way it's animated yeah that it's these jokes are like like us explaining them you might be like oh that's kind of like a little funny but the way everything looks as they're doing it all makes it so much better and like the expressions that they manage to pull off and just the ways that the characters are contorting takes any joke from being like that's a little funny to just hysterical and any of the like like there's a couple points where uh right at the start is the first time he does it where dracula is like singing a lullaby and it's the if that mockingbird won't sing daddy's gonna and then he just like shrieks at the camera (laughs) just shrieks at the camera and yells and it's like that's funny where in any movie they would have him like you know they're like oh i get it dracula's gonna be mad but instead of it just being dracula is mad and yelling they have his whole face contorts to the point where he almost doesn't look like the same character the whole screen goes in like the hard red tint his eyes go bloodshot red like it's they add so many little layers on top of it to just how it looks and how all the characters yeah like how all of the jokes are executed is so good and timed so perfectly i always enjoy animation that kind of not necessarily throws continuity out the window but like doesn't like allows for some gray area for it like for instance frankenstein falls apart on a multitude of occasions in this Mm -hmm. and then like the next scene he's just back to normal you know what i mean and you're like i don't know if you had enough time to put all your body back together there yeah like um (laughs) but it just doesn't really matter that much the swimming pool scene and he goes to do the belly flop and he like lands in the pool and he hits and then you just see after he hits all his body parts just like slowly start to drift away from him in the pool exactly and it's just it's timed so funny yeah and it's timed so funny that it's like in concept it's like oh that's funny where it's like because frankenstein this one is like able to fall apart so easily whereas for pixar it's like if wally has a scratch on him that scratch is going to be in the entire movie (laughs) yeah and it's like that's a different kind of impressive where it's like all of those things make up to be like gorgeous looking movies but these are such a different type of exactly i agree Mm -hmm. Um, i'm trying to think some of the other like good examples of that because this it's a movie filled with that's the whole thing is it's funny jokes that are executed so well that it just makes them like better i don't even to the point of these things where it's not a joke where it's just like like the way dracula moves around in a lot of scenes it's just inherently funny just by the way where he'll just have yeah. those like really quick like darting movements or he'll like kind of slink his way through things where it's they don't establish joints for him for a lot of those movements where it's you clearly get whenever he's moving and they want him to be like jointed and normal that it'll look like that but they'll totally break the model and they'll bend it as much as they can which is crazy that they did this in cg because all these principles easy to do in 2d animation where you're having to redraw each frame but when it's moving models like this 
Like, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of new technology developed specifically because of this movie, because the way Gendy wanted to bend these characters, they would be like, oh, well, we'll just try and have, like, the machine figure it out when we want, like, Dracula to... I think the example that I remember reading was he goes to, like, stand up, like, to look intimidating, where he, like, he, like, gets a couple feet taller... Yeah. And when they do that, they try to bend him, but then, like, the cape physics mess up, and somehow now his cape is, like, stuck in the back of his head or whatever. And, like, all of these things, it just didn't work, and they had to totally redesign how they went at animating this movie, which I think is fascinating, and not enough people talk about or, like, attempt to use again. Or respect that this is, like, kind of uncharted territories, and this is, mm-hmm. like, a paving... Like you know what I mean? It's like a like not yeah. entrepreneur. What am I thinking of? It's like a trailblazer. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Like, did you ever watch the um the Popeye animation test that they put out for that movie? I didn't. Oh my god! I everyone who is watching this, like, stop right now and go watch. It's like two minutes of footage that not to be used for the movie, not to be. It's not like it's a scene where they're like, oh, we'll slightly change it. It's literally just, here's what I want my Popeye movie to look like. Because Gendy was supposed to make a CG Popeye movie. And that is, I am still so viscerally sad that that got canned. And it it looks gorgeous. And it is that for the whole thing, where it's all of the things that happen in it. It's like, sure, that's funny. But it's made so much funnier by the way it looks and the way all the characters move. And they have such a... There's so much more life to it, and it's so interesting. It's something we do not see enough with, well, animation in general today, because, like, feature films don't get 2D animation in them. I... Like, almost never. The last 2D animated movie I can think of, well, Princess and the Frog, but technically Teen Titans go to the movies. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. But that's not, like, when I, that move, that was not pushing in the same way that that's not Princess really... and the Frog would push. Exactly. Here's what an animated movie, like, like, there are shots in Princess and the Frog that are incredible, where it's, like, the dresses, like, swaying in, like, a ballroom dance, whatever, that it's, like, it blows my mind that someone animated that by hand, and, like, it looks incredible, mm-hmm. but it's just not, like, it's not something that we see anymore and with that that means that a lot of these techniques of animation that made up 2d animation we don't really see used as much in the mainstream animated movies that we get anymore which i think leads to why i think these are so special and so different is that it's just like a 3d version of like a looney tunes cartoon using all those like crazy tex avery techniques and like where it's like Sure, in any animated movie, it might be funny to see a character, you know, get hit on the head with a mallet, but the way they look in Looney Tunes and the way everything around them moves makes it exponentially funnier and makes it work so much better. And I think that that's that's where this movie shines so much, that it is... Like, I kind of put it on last night, expecting it to be something that I'd, like, kind of have in the background as I'm doing things to, like, refresh myself. But there were so many times where I found myself just stopping and being like, I just want to watch this sequence because it looks so interesting and it's so, like, engaging visually. I I think Looney Tunes is such a perfect... Like, that's literally what it is. It's like a 3D animated Looney Tunes storyline. Mm-hmm. To me, I think it does... Yeah, I think that's a... You, know, you hit the nail on the head. Thank you. I try my best when hammering nails metaphorically. Not as much. <laughs> not as much actual. Just not figuratively. As much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like. I think more or less we've kind of covered what we want to cover. Was there any? Well, I'll any just little give, fun. I have a little closing remark, I guess, on my mm-hmm. end. Um, watch the movie, then watch the seasons and give me a recap because I don't have time to watch the not seasons the other two movies. And then give me a recap because I uh, don't have time to watch the other two, but I'll listen to you guys tell me about it. And you could do Heck that yeah. in the email at cartoonoverloadshow at gmail.com. Listen, nice. if you like Adam Sandler, you like Selena Gomez, and you like the band LMFAO. And, and Gendy Tartakovsky. Oh, and, and <laughs> the actual parts about the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then, you know, I'm just, yeah, I totally recommend this show. It, it, I mean, movie. I don't know why I keep saying show. 
It uh I wouldn't recommend the show. Is the show good? Have you seen the show at all? I've seen bits of the show. It's, and you don't recommend I, it. Okay. No, it's fine. No Adam Sandler. It's very like no. It's um well I don't think so. That's like ninety percent sure no. But um it the bits of the show that I have seen, it's the whole show is like, oh, all of the monsters have kids and then it's all about all the kids. That's and it's like terrible. Yeah, it's not super interesting, and it reminds me of, like, I had seen, whenever I saw the first episode of it, I was like, oh, this seems like something that I would have seen exclusively on days when I was homesick from school, because they would only play it at, like, one in the afternoon. And you're so sick that you couldn't, like, stand up to change the channel. Yeah, exactly. So you're just like, oh, I guess this is what I'm watching. But also, it's not like... It's not grating enough that you're like, oh, this really sucks. It's just kind of like, ah, I guess this is how I'm spending the next 20 minutes of my life. And every, every cast member is different, by the way, in case you're curious. I don't think there's yeah. a single Yeah, I don't think person. there's any. I'd be surprised if they had, like, a cameo appearance, even if it's in, like, a first episode where they have like Dracula be like... Fuller House. Yeah, where they're like, oh, have fun at school, and then they just never see him again. He's like, oh, I'm Adam Sandler. Catch you guys yeah. later. <laughs> take my check and leave <laughs> but i don't even think that happens no yeah but yeah. I, I i do recommend the movie go watch mm-hmm. it it's epic um, and i haven't seen number three i have seen number two would rec for all we know we'll end up doing an episode on two or three later in the future if we feel like it if someone else feels like it we'll see maybe we'll just but, do um, another episode on one maybe maybe we'll do uh maybe this will just turn hot- into a, a cartoon over a podcast <laughs> Cartoon Overload, Episode 8, Hotel Transylvania, Again. Game of the Year Edition, Redux. Yeah. 2.7. <laughs> Final Mix. Final um, Mix, yeah, whatever. Kingdom Hearts bullshit. <laughs> um, excuse me? Anyways. I said it is that Kingdom Hearts bullshit, not Kingdom Hearts is bullshit. Okay. I like Kingdom Hearts, Good. but lord, their naming system is <laughs> a mess. <laughs> Well, right. like, yes, but not in the way they intended it to be. I'm not going to get into that discussion right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, dude. <laughs> Where can people find you, Johnny? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Johnny Hayes. J-O-H-H-N-Y-H-A-Z-E. I make art. I tweet about Muppets. Um, I tweet about other things, but I I like to keep the bit going that I only tweet about Muppets. Because that's, like, a good portion of what I... Like, they announced the the new Hollywood Studios logo for, like, Hollywood Studios, like, the Disney Park in Florida. Yeah. And, like, in the O's, there's, like, BB-8 and Woody and... That's what else would it be? There's, like, another character in an O, but none of them were a Muppet, and that makes me so viscerally afraid for what could happen to Muppet Vision 3D, which is one of the best films... I'll, no, yeah, I'll end the sentence there. One of the best films ever made is Muppet Vision 3D. <laughs> well. I'll stand by that. You know what, Johnny? It makes me really afraid for that. You know what, Johnny? What? I know you quit a few days ago. Yeah. And you've been a fantastic guest. Thank so you. So I was wondering if you'd like your job back to be co I would like my job back. Okay, well, welcome back to the team, guys. Thank I'll you for see welcoming you guys me back to the team. <laughs> Next episode, we'll, uh... Carl, you did not tell people where they could find you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Carl, Maybe I, I think I'm gonna have it. to fire you from Cartoon Overload. <laughs> uh, you could find me at K-A-R-L-J-A-C-O-B-S underscore on both Twitter and Instagram. If you're spelling Carl with a C, you're, um, supporting hate no crimes. No friend to me. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> uh, you okay. can also find Cartoon Overload uh, on Twitter at Tune Overload T O O N O V E R L O A D and Tune Overload Show on Instagram. I'm not going to tell you how to spell show. You got that. I believe in you. I believe in them too. Thanks so much. We don't have an outro, so let me let my guest Johnny Hayes do the outro. Um, subscribe to our podcast, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Thank you.